We're on the subject of what? Ladder end. I don't have a clock. What time is it? Usually I have my my phone and I left it plugged in. It's what time? 10.42. Okay. I might have to ask you again here in a few minutes. We've been on vacation and uh, went up to pier and went uh, walleye fishing. Never been really. Lonnie had taken taken uh, me out, you know, a few years ago, and we caught all, we caught all our fit caught all of our fish, and then they fixed them for us that night. And uh, boy, that was good. Nothing better than walleye. So we had a good time, and and I didn't want to come back, but I'm here. Amen. You know how you feel after you go on vacation. It's just, oh, get back into the swing of things. I feel like I've been that way all year. You know, so many things going on. So stay focused. Look at your neighbor and stay stay focused. All right, we're going to end today this series, and uh, but I want to give a review. So are you listening, especially if you're leading a group? Brian? Yeah, he's there. Timothy, he's he's gone. He's in the kid with the kids. Okay, who else do we got? Me, and Abe. So you might want to write some of this down and and just listen closely, and uh, uh, you'll get your answers. Um, we said too many Christians, too many believers are bound by what kind of per- perspective, earthly perspective, instead of an eternal or latter end perspective. We said that if you're a born-again child of God, you have a destiny to fulfill. No matter what age, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and you need to stay hooked up with God so you can get an understanding of that. How do you do that? Well, you, you get a hold of God's word, amen, concerning your latter end, and see the big picture. Don't just live for today, but think about the future. We better be thinking about November, church, and this election, amen, and continue to pray. So we said, what does God's word say about your latter end? And then what's the responsibility of you as the believer in considering your latter end? Now, we gave you a scripture, and this is what all started it for me. It just jumped off the page when I read Luke 22, verse 37. Jesus Christ said, the things concerning me have an end. I I like that. He knew that he had an end. Well, he's beginning, and he is the end. But he knew he was focused. He had a purpose. He was on a mission. And, you know, every believer should be that way. Amen. So he knew who he was. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. And he was focused and resolute. Okay. He knew about the prophecies that were written concerning his life and ministry. So we said this also that God uses what to prosper you, the believer? What does he use? The prophetic word. Say prophetic word. Okay. We said in Ezra, it says, So the elders of the Jews built, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet in Zechariah, and they built and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel. We said in Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So there's a prophetic word for you. And if you'll get a hold of that prophetic word, it'll bless you. It'll, it'll 
cause you to experience success and prosperity. Now, what is the Lord's promise concerning your latter end? We read in Job 8, verse 7, though your beginning was small, your latter end will be pathetic. (laughs) Though your beginning was small, your latter end will increase abundantly. So for for the believer, for the born-again child of God, do you have a should you have a glorious end? Should you be a blessed people? Should you experience the blessings of God? He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you might ask or think. That's our God. So, you know, the best is yet to come. Say that. The best is yet to come. Okay, get a hold of that. We said that in Zechariah, it says, don't despise the day of small things. All right, Galatians 6, 9, and this is a scripture, and this we pray today, and I believe the Spirit of God knows where, you at, where you're at. It says, and let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right, for in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap, for if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. So don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't don't faint in your mind. We said in Psalm 37, 37, says, For there is a happy end for the man of peace. So you and I, in the latter end, we should have peace. There should be peace. No matter what's going on in the world right now, we should have peace. We also said that you have a responsibility. God does his side, and now you have a side to fulfill. You have some things that you need to do, some responsibilities. And the first one is that you should number your what? Number your days. What's that mean? It means, well, I'll read the scripture. It says, understand how brief your time is upon the earth. That's one paraphrase. Understand how brief your time is upon the earth. So what should we do with our days? What should we do with every hour of our day? We should be focused. We should be good stewards of our time and fulfill what God has for us to do. Amen. But most Christians don't know that because they just live for today. They live for today. Whatever their flesh wants to do, they'll do that. But we should have this every time we wake up. And realize there's times all of us are human beings. We miss it. And God knows we're going to miss it. We're going to make mistake, mistakes. But if we get our heart right, he'll take care of us. He'll get us back where we need to be. We'll get out of the ditch and get back in the, in the, in the pathway again. But we've got to think about something besides just This day, think about what's coming. What does God want? Well, God wants to see people come into the kingdom of God. Amen? And so, but most Christians don't understand that, and they just live for today. But we need to live for tomorrow also and think about what God wants to do. Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should. Psalm 39 says, Lord, help me to realize how brief my time on earth will be. Help me to know that I'm here for but a moment more. 
My life is no longer than my hand. My whole lifetime is but a moment to you. Proud man, frail as breath, a shadow, and all is busy. Rushing ends in nothing. So Jesus was focused. He was resolute. He knew he had a, had a mission to fulfill, and we as believers should be that way today. You and I should live for him every day, all right? And if you're not, and if you're distracted and you have cares, deal with that and then get back in the saddle. The next thing the believer needs to do, and most of them don't want to do that, but is to listen to counsel and receive instruction. Most believers, how many of your kids want to listen to you? But when they reach 18, Mike is going to be 19. He just all of a sudden woke up and he's listening to me every day. Lauren, he just, everything I tell him to do, he just smiles and says, yes, that's right. Yeah, you're laughing because you know it's not true. Amen. We need to listen, though. Listen to counsel and receive instruction. In Deuteronomy... It says, for they are a nation void of counsel. In other words, they don't take advice, nor is there any understanding in them. God says, the Father says, oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. So God expects his people to wisely consider, to ponder, and be instructed about their latter end. What are you here today receiving? Instruction. Are you listening? Amen. Well, that's what God wants you to do. And not Psalm 94, it says, Blessed is the man whom you, you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law. Teach, we told you, means to prod. All right? To prod and, and to train someone. Now, <clears throat> three more things quickly here that you need to do. I want you to find Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Things that you need to do as a believer concerning your latter end. Responsibilities that you need to fulfill. Find Hebrews chapter 6. Say exercise patience. How many are good at exercising patience? I don't see any hands. How many of you are good at being patient? Micah, you're wonderful at that. Why don't you raise your hand? Exercising. He's going to wish Caleb was here because Caleb's gone now, so it's all on you, Jack. Pick on you. But, you know, we need to exercise patience. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8 9 says, The end of a thing is better than its beginning. But what do you and I have to exercise if we're going to get to the end? Patience. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. One translation states, finishing is better than starting. I just prayed today when I was on my knees praying, I want to finish strong. I don't want to finish as a failure. And it's going to take God's grace. 
Finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Don't be quick-tempered. That is being a fool. So here, look at Hebrews Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9. Hebrews 6 and verse 9. It says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you've shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the what? What are we talking about? The latter end. Look at verse 12. That you do not become slothful. What's another translation? Sluggish. Lazy. That you do not become lazy, but imitate those who through what? Faith and the twin patience inherit the promises. Now we're talking about blessings in the latter days. Amen? Spiritual blessings, physical blessings, financial blessings. But what do you and I need to exercise in order to receive those blessings? Faith and patience. Faith and patience. And patience sometimes is hard to to exercise. All right? Patience, I'll give you a definition. And and Rick Renner said it best, and he says, it's like a candle that has a very long wick and is therefore prepared to burn for a long time. It is the ability to patiently wait for someone to finally come around, make progress, changes, or hear what you're trying to communicate. So, you know, I got... Got to exercise patience. I need to exercise patience with him. Till he comes around. He's coming around. He's a good boy. He's a good young man. Amen? We went gun shopping yesterday. He, he's happy when he's buying guns. He's just a whole different person. Amen? We got to wait. <clears throat> Jasmine, you're waiting right now. Aren't you? Relax. Just relax. It's going to all happen. And you'll know when it's time. Amen? Through faith and patience. You've got to exercise faith. But then you have to exercise patience also if you're going to inherit the promises of God. It's so important. That's what patience is all about. Then the... the this, another thing that you and I have to do, look, look at Hebrews 3. So I, have, I haven't experienced the latter end blessings yet. Well, then just keep patiently waiting, exercising your faith, doing what you need to do every day, and you'll experience the blessings of God. Hebrews 3, here's another thing you and I need to do. Verse 12 <clears throat> It says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort or encourage one another daily. That's what I'm doing this morning. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we have, be, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence. What's it say? 
steadfast to the end. So you and I need to stay steadfast. What's steadfast mean? Unmovable. Not moving away from the Scriptures, which is what's going to happen in these last days. Believers are they're good, well-meaning believers are, are, who are not steadfast, holding on to the promises of God, are just going to start drifting. Do you ever feel like that? That, you're, that your life is just kind of, you're drifting spiritually. I felt that way. How many of you felt that way? I'm the only one, I guess. Drifting away. It's because you don't have an anchor, a spiritual anchor down. You're not steadfast. Things happen in your life, and then all of a sudden, you know, your, your life's in a mess. You don't know what to do. It's because you're not steadfast. In my Bible, it says, partaking of Christ requires a continuance in faith. Not merely a one-time experience. See, there are a lot of people out there, you know, they want a one-time experience as a believer, thinking that everything's going to be fine. But it's not just a one-time experience. You've got to stay steadfast day after day after day after day. No matter what's going on in the world, in the government, in your finances, in your kids, whatever you're dealing with, you got to stay steadfast. Okay, that's so important. Staying with it. Say, stick and stay, and it will pay. That's right. Then, look at First Peter. I'm going to read it to you out of two translations. First Peter. Everything I've said pretty much today is what you're going to discuss on Wednesday. <clears throat> so you got to exercise patience. You got to stay steadfast to the end. You know, <clears throat> I haven't always done everything right. Have you? Probably one of the, the best things I've ever done. And 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 I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, as you grow older spiritually, you grow older physically and in the natural. Life changes. Things change. You know, you start thinking about, I'd like to do this, and I'd like to do that. I wonder if I'll ever get to, get to do that or experience that. And I find myself looking back 30 years ago the way I was spiritually. And then I look back at where my life is now spiritually. And I'll be honest, I like what some things I had back 30 years ago. More fire and more zeal getting awful quiet here. I want to finish with fire. I want to finish more zealous for God. And God knows we go, you know, you go through valleys. You go through experiences in life. But boy, I tell you, I want to, I want to finish what God has started. So I got to continue to exercise patience and wait for some things. I got to continue to be steadfast. And I got to continue to do this in First Peter chapter 4. Verse 7, look at this. It says, but the what? The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, (laughs) therefore be what? Serious or sober-minded and watchful in your prayers. 
So, yeah, you got to be patient. You've got to be steadfast. But in here it tells this, as we come to the end of all things, we need to be what? Serious and watchful. And this is what the Amplified Bible says. <clears throat> but the end and culmination of all things has now come near. Keep sound-minded and self-restrained and alert, therefore, for the practice of prayer. So I'll tell you something. In this latter end, we've got to be praying. You have to be praying. The church has to be praying. Amen. And as, you know, after we get done with home fellowship, then we'll, we're going to pick up right where we were on Wednesdays and, and, and continue to keep praying. It, it talks about being <clears throat> sober-minded, serious. That word serious means self-controlled. Self-controlled. Able to control yourself. Moderate, sober-minded, Restrained, and here's the reason the, the the word that you don't want to hear. Should I just skip it? It's the word discipline. So in these latter days, in the time in which we live, we need to have a disciplined lifestyle. Or now you don't need to raise your hands because I don't want to embarrass all of you. But are there some areas in your life right now that you're not disciplined? Don't raise your hand, but just think and reflect. Is there somewhere in my life where I'm not exercising discipline? Well, if you know what that is, just make an adjustment. Amen? I'm going to read that once more. I'm going to read it to you. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Now, I'm throwing this in. This This is the end of my message, okay? There's one more, and, and I think this is, this is probably one of the most important. And I didn't have this down, but we can't, because there's the conjunction and in verse 8, we got to see this. And, everyone say and. Above all things, have fervent love for one another. So as we come to the end, what do we got to do? Exercise patience, steadfast in our faith, serious and watchful in prayer. But we have to have what kind of love? Fervent love for one another. And if you find your love waning for one another, boy, that's a sign right there that you need to make an adjustment. Amen? So, we gave you God's side of it. I'm not going to get into that. But the believer's side, your responsibility, if you want to experience latter-end blessings, is number your days. Number two, listen to counsel and receive instruction. Number three, exercise patience. Number four, stay steadfast in the faith. Number five, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And I just added this one as a bonus. Number six, have fervent love for one another. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Did I say anything that you know you need to make some adjustments? Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) Oh, boy. 
I'm just I'm saying that because I recognize in my own life, and I'm the preacher. Oh, but preachers are perfect. They they just float on around and no, we're all human beings. You know, I went fishing and I had this guide. And you know, I didn't even tell him I was a preacher. You know, sometimes I, I go your dad would understand, you go and you tell I'm pastor this and I'm pastor that and all of a sudden the wall goes up. So I was an antique dealer this on my vacation. Am I lying? And I could talk to the man. You know, if I had told him and tried to force something on, it just wouldn't have worked. Amen. If if I said something to, today or in the last seven messages that registered with your spirit, raise your hand. Okay. If you know you need to make some adjustments, raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, Dan. <laughs> Dan and I got both our hands up. <laughs> well, let's do that. And let's let's pray. We'll pray now. And then this is what I want you to do this week. Are you listening? We're going to have communion next week, next Sunday. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me, next this coming week, think about some of the things. Wednesday you'll go through this again. But think about some of the things that I've said and prepare your heart for communion. Prepare your heart for communion individually. And then as a pastor, I'll prepare my heart for, yes, myself, but for the church in general. And let's all make some adjustments. Thank you for that delayed amen. Let's all make some adjustments in our thinking our attitudes, let's, let's tweak some things. Let's say, yeah, Father, I, I, you show me. I got, I got to make some changes there. I don't have fervent love. Oh, I've got to be more sober-minded. I've got to be more watchful in my prayer life. I've got to exercise more faith and patience. I've got to get into the Word. I've got to get into prayer. So make those adjustments. Will you do that? Father, today... <clears throat> In the name of Jesus, by your spirit and through your word, you've showed us areas that we need to make adjustments and changes. You're a God of grace. And so, Father, this morning as pastor, I declare and speak your grace over every family here today and even those families that are not here. Grace to make adjustments and changes. Father, I thank you, Lord, it's not by might nor by the flesh, but it's by your grace. And so, Father, now everybody lift your hands this morning. By faith, we lift our hands and receive grace to finish strong in our latter end. Thank you for that grace abounding towards us individually and corporately as a church body. And Lord, this week, every one of us reflect, ponder, and think about our spiritual lives, what state we're in, and then repent of sin if we need to, make those adjustments, and then come together as a body next Sunday and receive communion. 
I thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy for the people of Harvest Church and every family member in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.